0: Chad Hayden with mid Barbecue's Barbecue, the 19th Annual Jack Daniels World Barbecue Champion, and this is Barbecue Central. Short the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So, to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure you safe? whatever? We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and. Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea.
1: Welcome to the really big barbecue central show. It's the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the rock and roll hall of fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, it is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. You want to jump in on the show tonight? More than happy to have you. A phone call at your behest, 216-220-0966. And if you would rather forego the email and, I'm sorry, if you'd rather forego the phone call and lob me an email, here's how you do that.
2: You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at thebbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow.
1: Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website thebbqcentralshow.com and here's what's happening in case you can get the newsletter coming up in about 13 minutes from now it's the second Tuesday of the month the second Tuesday of the last month of the year so never has it been more accurate for me to state the 2019 sorry 2018 rapidly coming to a close and the second Tuesday of the month brings not one but two segments From the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth, that, of course, AmazingRibs.com, and that person being Meathead, and we'll be talking about a myriad of topics. I believe I actually use that word in the newsletter. So we're going to be talking about, to lead off, if you can believe it or not, we're going to be talking about vacuum packaging. You ever heard of the Food Safer, uh, Food Saver, I guess I should say, or... Uh, a similar product, if you will. That is what we're going to be talking about. I got a great question, which I will be recounting a portion of that email from a listener who had a pretty good question. Beathead said, hey, I got some thoughts on that. So we'll talk about that right off the jump. And then we will get into talking about beef tenderloins or tenderloins in general. Might mix in a little prime rib talk. Also might mix in a little gift-giving suggestions as we are just a little over a week away from Christmas Day. Just past Hanukkah, by the way, shout out to my Jewish centralites. Hope your Hanukkah was great. So that's what we have with Meathead in tow for the first hour. AmazingRibs.com is website. Then we'll move to the second hour. And while we used to have a lot of what we're going to be doing at 10.14 or 14 past the hour. We don't have as much of it as we once did. Uh, Some of that is because the show doesn't really solely focus on competition barbecue. Not that it solely ever focused on competition barbecue, but certainly there was a large portion of the show that it seemed to revolve around as the show started to get some legs underneath it during the live stretches and the end of the year for Kansas City Barbecue Society means that there is going to be an election coming up that for the open spots for the board of directors of KCBS and at 14 past the second hour, I will be joined by someone who was hopeful to get your vote. If you are a voting member of the KCBS for that board of next year, 2019, that, of course, is the pit master of the American Dream barbecue team and friend of show, David Qualls, will be joining me. And David will be making his case, kind of qualifying himself as to why he believes he is a good fit. From a holistic standpoint, we'll obviously get into some of his platform topics. He furnished me graphs and charts so that we can go through as well. And most importantly, what the state and his opinion of KCBS is right now and why he feels that this is the time that he should jump in. I believe he had given it some serious consideration, maybe actually started to make a run at some point last year or the year before and then either stopped, never went through with it or pulled out at some point. But this year he is fully in. Davidqualls.com is his website if you want to check him out in advance. Q-U-A-L-L-S, Davidqualls.com. So that's 14 past the second uh, past the second hour. And then helping me close out the show is a guy by the name of Brian Crawford from Crawford's Barbecue. You can check him out at CrawfordsBBQ.com, and he makes a new product on the market called Pit Spritz. We all love easy. We all love great tasting. If you can meld them together somehow, but it's better than that. And Brian believes he has a product that has accomplished that. So we'll talk to him about the Crawford's barbecue pit spritz and some of the other stuff that he might be into here. So there's your lineup. Meathead, first hour, David Qualls, Brian Crawford, second hour. Your phone calls and emails as they mix in, 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Don't forget to follow me socially on Instagram at BBQ Central Show. Also, same handle on Twitter. And you can find me on Facebook slash BBQ Central Show, and that's where you might be watching this live feed right now. So, hey, happy to have you aboard on the Facebook. I like to tell you each and every week, if it's your first time on the Facebook feed or YouTube, I do monitor chat because it's a very user-friendly chat role. Facebook sucks, and I don't want to have to see myself as well with Facebook I or with YouTube. I can pop the chat out. I don't have to figure out a way to work around the video as well. Uh, Facebook uh, Facebook has not figured out what YouTube has figured out. So if you leave a comment on Facebook, don't feel like I'm just blatantly ignoring you. I'm not doing that. It's just hard for me to monitor, so I don't monitor. I will go back in after the show. If I can comment at that point, certainly happy to do that. So don't think that I'm ignoring you. I am, but it's not because of you. It's because Facebook's user interface on their chat is horrible and YouTube's is great. So you can go to YouTube as well, or go to my main website and click on the YouTube live button. That's a quick way to get over there. And then if you want to take part in the chat, you're more than welcome to. All right. So I wanted to circle back on a conversation that we had last week with Frank Rizzo, Frank Rizzo. from the steak ager. First, first, Great getting caught up with Frank and seeing their growth over the past 24, 26 months. Also, I was not expecting him to drop that 20% off coupon at the end of the interview. In fact, I would have preferred him to give me a heads up so we could have laid that out a little bit better, given it a little bit more promotion during the segment. Nevertheless, the code was Radio Stake, all one word, lowercase, that gets you 20% off the StakeAger Master 45. Fun fact that is their biggest unit that they're currently offering. So if you're just finding out about that and you were interested in a StakeAger Master 45 and you were looking to save 20%, go ahead and put it in the cart and then hit Radio Stake for your coupon code. That gets you 20% off. So 20% is a decent chunk of change. So much so that I was giving it legit thought as to if I wanted to actually lay down for one or not. For round numbers, if you're looking at it, $160 off 800 retail. Good deal. No doubt about it. Now, sure, I could probably pull the ultimate bag move and ask Frank Rizzo Rizzo. for a free one, but I'm not going to do that. You wouldn't put a lot of credibility in anything I had to say about a free Stake Ager Master forty five because quite honestly I'd had no skin in the game. It's free. If I say it's really great, what are you gonna tell me? Of course you're gonna say it's great. You got it for free. It's an eight hundred dollar retail unit. Blah blah blah. I get it. That's why I'm not gonna pull the ultimate bag move and ask for the free Stake Ager forty five. Now, if you're a fan of the show, you know that I have become a pretty big proponent slash fan of dry aging in 2018. So I reached out to a few folks just to see if my idea to purchase was well-founded or not well-founded. And after getting close counsel, I have decided to not. Andrew, you are not the <laughs> I've decided to not get the Master 45. This is the only, well, this is only my decision. And if you're really into dry-aging meat at home, I'm not here to poo-poo on it whatsoever. But even at 640, you still have to then fill the unit up with some kind of meat. Then you have to wait 30 days before you eat it. And for me... That would run just about 30 days minimum. And to be honest, probably another 30 days on top of that because I'm more of the funk guy. So if I had everything ready for a January 1st start, I wouldn't be eating until March. On top of that, I'm not sure how many people in my house would really like that beef dry-aged flavor. And yes, I know there's other sizes, but this is the size that had the discount. So in conclusion... Love the discount from Frank Rizzo. Frank Rizzo. Appreciate the discount from Frank Rizzo. Frank Rizzo. But at this point, for me personally, I have to pass because I wouldn't take full adv- I know I wouldn't take full advantage of If there was a discount on the other ones, maybe I would be a little bit more inclined. However, if you're a big dry ager, Radio Steak is the coupon code for your 20% off. Alright, let me talk to you quickly about Traeger Grills before we get to Meathead. Behind every great meal is a great grill, but not just any grill, a Traeger Grill. And the Timberline is Traeger's most advanced grill yet. It allows you to grill, smoke, bake, roast, braise, and barbecue like a pro, no matter what your level, thanks to the incredible wood fire taste. Seriously, you don't know flavor till you're cooking with it, and Traeger Grills use all natural hardwood pellets as fuel, so you're literally cooking with flavor. From low and slow smoked ribs to a seared steak, even a baked apple pie, Traeger Grills can handle it all. And the Traeger Timberline makes it even easier thanks to the Wi-Fi capability. You can check on cooks, kick up temps, set custom cook cycles anytime, anywhere, right through the Traeger Grill app on your smartphone. Find one at your local Traeger dealer if they carry them or check them out online, traegergrills.com. That's traegergrills.com. If you want to beef up that barbecue game of yours, Shager, uh, Traeger Shop classes going coast-to-coast, coast bringing barbecue knowledge and amazing wood-fired food everywhere they go. Taught by professionals like Embedded Correspondent from Texas, Doug Scheiding. How about DivaQ? You ever heard of her? How about Matt Pittman from Meat Church? Just to name a few, they're teaching those classes. Find a shop class near you. Sign up today. TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. That's TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. Got to get you a Traeger now. All right, we have Meathead coming up shortly. And you are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.
2: Live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempy.
1: And this portion of the show is being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils, all of Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit. As well as in backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit butcherbbq.com to stock up on everything. Always trust your butcher. I've said that long, long, long time. I say that long time. Always trust your butcher. All right. Joining me now, the creator of the amazingribs.com website. You see him here the second Tuesday of each and every month. We race. To the hotline and welcome back friend of the show meathead hey meathead how are you hey how's the uh barbecue rock
0: star of the rock and roll hall of fame and how are all the centralites tonight We're
1: jazzed up and ready to rock it out with meathead meathead let me tell you this i don't yeah. want to deviate too far but you know for i would say years we have often started this by you saying how's the cleveland cavalier of basketball I'm imagining Ah, since LeBron James has left, we don't want to talk about that anymore. But the team's semi-competitive. But we've also talked a little bit about how troubling it is to be yours or mine fan of our professional football teams. But let me point out a bright spot, Meathead. It looks like we're both back on the come, baby. Yeah, it does. It looks like both the Browns and the
0: Bears are... Playing well this year. Uh, They're they're original teams, aren't they? Weren't the Browns one of the first teams? Yes, that's right.
1: Yeah, the Bears were too. Well, I had them pegged at two or less wins, and I'm happy to say I am very wrong. I think we're four or five wins in now, so it's taken Greg Williams uh, five games to win four. It took Hugh Jackson three seasons. To win for So what's that tell you? Anyway, uh, we have... Congratulations. A, yeah, thank you. So a number of different things to talk about here this evening, and I wanted to start with this, which was an email from a guy by the name of John House, long time Central Light here. And mm-hmm. I don't want to get into the whole email, but I wanted to read a little of an excerpt here just to set it up properly and then get your thoughts. And we were talking about food savers on our last Embedded Correspondence segment. Yes. uh, Wish lists, things of this nature, and his email goes on to read, one of the comments I heard on the show was about cooking as many briskets as you can and then freezing them. I like that idea a lot, but wonder what the fastest ways are to actually do that as to not increase risks for botulism. Anytime we create an anaerobic environment that prevents the normal bacteria growth that would indicate spoilage, we leave ourselves at risk for potential bacteria growth, that could be quite problematic. And I believe from what he's talking about, uh, this anaerobic state, that would be a vacuum state. And specifically, I guess it's, is there a dangerous period of time where you vacuum seal meat and then throw it in the freezer? And before it gets down into you know below 40, above 140, the the two safe temperatures, are we putting ourselves at some kind of risk using a food saver that... Maybe I wasn't really aware of. No.
0: No. Uh, And that's the
1: good news. Um,
0: Most bacteria thrive in oxygen. And most bacteria can be killed with exposure to heat. Heat is what the food scientists call the kill step. Now, I, I am not a scientist, but I happen to be married to a food safety scientist from the FDA, who is at the moment in Washington reviewing grant applications? Mm. Um, uh, she is the editor of a Food microbiology magazine, and she is a very high ranking research scientist, so she keeps me informed and teaches me so I'm pretty sure about what I'm speaking here okay um, most bacteria die from heat that's why people are getting sick from romaine. It's not cooked. You can grill romaine, but it's not going to get hot enough to cook it in the center. They call cooking the kill step. So cooking kills just about everything. The temperature where we can feel really, really safe is 160 degrees. Everything dies almost instantly at that temp. But if you bring it up over 132, over 131, most bacteria start dying at that temperature. And if you hold it at that temperature long enough, you can kill almost all of them. The problem is what they call spore formers. And the botulinum bacteria is a spore former. Hmm. A spore is a hibernation state, if you will. It forms like a little crust, a shell, and it's almost indestructible. And you can you can cook it, you can heat it, you can boil it, you oh. can microwave it, oh. and you may not be able to kill these spores. So, if they form spores, the spores remain viable. Now, the botulinum bug is rare in that it prefers no oxygen, an anaerobic environment. Mm -hmm. If you put it in one of these vacuum sealers and suck out the air, you're getting most of the air out, but not all of it. Um, But when you freeze it, you're not going to have any bacterial growth once you get down below 38 degrees which is your 33 to 38 is your ideal ridge refrigerant temp
1: Mm -hmm.
0: most bacteria don't grow when you get it down below 32 and you freeze it almost nobody's growing no how no way so you might have spores in your brisket or on your brisket, because if you've cooked your brisket properly, you've cooked it up to 190 to 203, yeah. in that range, you've killed everybody. There may be a few spores in the air that land on it while you're slipping it in the bag, but you stick it in the freezer and they ain't going nowhere, they ain't growing. But
1: these now, spores would have to be available somewhere to fall on the brisket if you've, as you said, if you've taken it to this temperature and you've killed everything. They're not just going to magically appear out of thin air. Like, does botulism just run rampant they on can the kitchen? Come
0: out of thin air, really? Bacteria is all around us, oh, everywhere we are. But botulism prefers to grow underground, mm-hmm. and the highest risk we face from botulism is you go into your favorite neighborhood Italian restaurant, and they have garlic cloves in oil. Mm-hmm. So they've taken the garlic out of the ground, peeled them off, stuck them in olive oil. Now we're in an anaerobic atmosphere, and it's sitting around at room temp for days. Hmm. That could be a risk. And there are a small number of cases reported on every year of people getting very sick. The problem with botulism is, is really bad stuff. It can kill you. Yeah. And... Uh, so you don't want to mess with it. Um, the If you like garlic oil, you can make it and use it, don't store it, or buy it pre-made where they actually use acid in the production. A, a small amount of acidulation will actually prevent the spores from popping open and growing. Hmm. Um, but you have almost no risk on a cooked brisket, everything's dead. Maybe a spore or two will come out of space. Pop it in the vacuum seal. You're not getting all the air out. Yeah. Throw it in the freezer. Ain't nothing growing in there. Anyhow, when you pull it out, you don't want to leave it sitting around at room temp. Leave it in the fridge where it's 38 and below, and it'll thaw there, and you're going to be fine. So the
1: only, so the only way that I, I was ever taught to use... The food saver was take whatever meat you just cooked, throw it in the bag, suck all the air up, maybe put it in, uh, you know, if it was exceptionally moist or had a lot of fluid on it, uh, put it in the freezer for a little bit of a par freeze for 35, 40 minutes just to firm it up a little bit, and then suck the the rest of the air out and away you go. Uh-huh. Regardless of that, so let's say in that step, some botulism flew into the bag and it's there. uh uh-huh. the, the reason, I guess, I never even gave it a second thought is because I was always taught, okay, well, grab your pulled pork or your brisket or your ribs if you're doing that, and then uh, boil a pot of water and then throw the frozen pork or brisket in the water. So I would imagine that uh, for 30 minutes and let it come up you know, back to barbecue temp, if you will, that would, that would clear everything out of the bag, right, just from the heat. Certainly.
0: Yes. Certainly would. Um, uh, what, the, the question of reheating frozen cooked food is interesting because you're going to follow different techniques. For example, frozen salmon, I wouldn't want to throw in boiling water because I don't want to cook that salmon at up to 212. Mm-hmm. Fro- frozen salmon, throw it in a sous vide bath. Right. Set your sous vide machine for 132. I know a lot of sous vide recipes show 125, 126, but now you're back in the danger zone, 131 to 132, which is medium rare for everything. It's medium rare for beef, it's medium rare for pork, it's medium rare for bacon. At that temperature, you're safe. You're killing bacteria, but there's not going to be anything live in that bag. And if there is, it's very low risk. You've cooked it already. So you slip it in the, the sous vide bath or in a microwave where it cooks real fast. I mean, ideal temp for seafood is around 130 anyhow, 125 to 130. Um, In general, I mean, that's always a good temp to shoot for 130 to 135. Safe temp, maximum tenderness and juiciness. um, Kill all those bacteria. Um, So you got nothing to worry about there. Um, Microwave or simmering water, boiling water, sous vide, reheating. Or just defrost it in the fridge
1: and uh, then you can reheat it. All right, John. So hopefully that answers the question that you had for us. And meet, I appreciate your insight hopefully there. Hopefully he's listening. Is he listening? Uh, you he'll know? get it on podcast for sure. I know that. So uh, regardless if he's listening live <laughs> or not, uh, he will have his question answered. And I appreciate jumping that in kind of last minute there. So let's move into what we want to talk about. Food savers are
0: cool, by the way. I, I'm sure oh. you covered all this. Well, but I'm, I'm they, telling
1: they, you, 12 years ago, when I first got my Weber Smoky Mountain, I had no idea how to light it, was about ready to throw it out after the first horribly average rib cook ever. I found virtualweberbullet.com and a guy by the name of Jim Minion, and then my life changed forever. And mm-hmm. the first thing that the guy, how long have you been in barbecue? I said, it's been weeks. And he said, go out and buy a food saver right now. That was mm-hmm. like, if you bought a cooker or a pit of any kind, Uh, the suggestion also was make sure you also get a food saver so you can save everything so you don't have to eat pork seven days in a row if it's just like you and a lady.
0: There are two kinds of spoilage. There's bacterial spoilage, which is very high risk, and then there's oxidation. And the food saver removes oxidation um, and freezer burn, which is related to it. Um, And oxidation attacks fat more than it does protein. Fat. So, (laughs) yeah. I haven't heard that in a while. Um and so things like pulled pork, which are loaded with fat, that por- that that fat in the pulled pork can oxidize, you can get freezer burn. So um food saver is a great great tool for that.
1: Let's talk about tender loins. Mm. I believe is that was one of the topics that we wanted to hit. We will get a little prime ribbage going on because I know a lot yeah. of people are gonna be ramping up for it. We just put in our order for Prime rib at the Barb and Patty's butcher shop in Mentor, Ohio. I mean, we got four What'd people. You order? Well, we got four people that are going to be eating it uh, in earnest. We got uh, seven pounds. Okay, is that good? Do you think? Well,
0: um, I mean, I like to calculate um, uh, at least a half a pound of raw material going in, yeah. And you can have up to twenty percent loss, so you're going to end up with more than a quarter pound. A quarter pound burger is not a much of a meal. So often I will calculate a pound going in, but you got to remember you're going to lose about 30% of a prime rib in trimming. And depending on how much bone is involved, a lot of loss. In, and there's a lot of fat. These butchers are ca- charging prime rate, really expensive, and there's a heck of a lot of fat on. Um, a, a, a rib roast. Now, a lot of people like to leave it on. They're under the misimpression that that fat is going to enhance the flavor of the meat. Right. Fat and water don't mix. That fat will melt, but it's going to run off the meat. It can't penetrate the meat. I can't say that enough. People think I'm nuts, but fat doesn't get into the meat at all. Zero, none, no how. No way. The fat inside the meat, the marbling, is crucial, but the fat cap will not enhance the flavor of the meat one iota. Right. And if you have a really good spice rub, and I do, I like my Big Bad Beef Rub, the recipe for which is on our website, um, you put all that on top of the fat, and what's your wife going to do the minute she sits down with that? She's going to take it off. She's going to trim off all that fat. Right. And there goes all your spice rub. But meat, protein, with herbs and spices on it, browned by the Maillard reaction, is glorious. Mm -hmm. So trim off almost all of it. If you have to, leave a quarter to an eighth of an inch. A lot of that will melt. And you'll get some crusty brown fat flavor on the outside. But I get it almost all off. Now, you're going to lose a lot of weight that way. Yeah. Um, The other thing I really recommend, and again, I can just hear your readers screaming at me, is take the bone off. Now, think about this. You're going to put that rub on there, and that surface is going to brown. And brown is beautiful. That brown crust is fabulous. Everybody loves that brown crust. When you have bones on a prime rib, one-third of the surface is covered by bone. Mm take the bones off, cinch it up round into a round tube with string so it cooks evenly from all sides. That bone is going to block heat. It's like the the heat shield on a space shuttle. Yep. It's going to block the heat from penetrating, and the meat next to the bone is going to be rarer or raw than the center. So if you take the bone off, it'll cook much more evenly, and you've got much more surface... Coated with your rub. Now, what are you going to do with the bones? You're mm-hmm. not going to waste them. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. loves gnawing on these bones. Yeah. Put them aside. That's a whole meal. If you buy... a, I mean, I got 20-some people to feed. I buy a seven-pound... Uh, rather, a seven-bone prime rib roast. That's a lot of meat. What's the raw What's weight on, on that? Uh, I got it right here. Stand by. Um... Uh, stand by, I've, I've, I've been averaging them over the years and I know the, the weight stand. I sorry to keep you waiting here. Um, mm-hmm, I have it all calculated. Here it is. Okay. Um, a full, here's a breakdown of a full seven bone 28 day wet aged rib yep. roast that I have cooked, that I cooked last year. All right. It was 14 and a half pounds at $14 a pound or $203, Hmm, 200 bucks. Not bad. Two and a half pounds of that were the bones, which I set aside and I smoked those for another meal for just my wife and myself. Fantastic meal. Beef rib back rib bones are fantastic. Delicious. They're not as meaty as short ribs, which have big chunks of meat. But they're really delicious, lots of meat in between the bones, and gnawing on them is a great meal, and that seven-bone slab will be enough for two, possibly three. Hmm. So you got a whole other meal waiting for you there. So two and a half pounds of bones come off. That's about 16% of the total volume. Um, I trimmed off two pounds of fat out of my 14 and a half pounds. Wow. Two pounds of fat, some of which I froze for use in making sure. ground beef or hamburgers. Right. Um, so, you can save some of that aside, and some of which I melted and then froze, and I use that to baste a steak. Aha! Nice. Call it beef love. So, there's another 14% in the weight of the meat coming off as fat. Um, little bits of scrap and uh, other stuff, uh, there was about a quarter of a pound of that. Um, now, There's two main muscles in a prime rib. There's the um, uh, spinalis dorsi, which is a curved muscle on the outside surface that almost always overcooks because it's right out there on the outer edge, and it's very heavily marbled. And then there's a thick layer of fat underneath it, and then there's the longissimus dorsi, which is the big, long tube that makes the eye of the prime rib. Right Now, if you can get away with it, if you've got a small crowd, I like to peel that spinalis off. Mm. If you peel that baby off, that is the very best muscle on the steer. It is like Wagyu beef. It's so heavily marbled, and it almost always overcooks if you leave it on there and cook it. Agreed. If you peel it off, it comes off on a whole seven-bone slab. It comes off, it looks like a giant salmon fillet. It's tapered and pointy at one end and thick and fat at the other. And you can roll it. You can cut it into steaks. It's just absolutely fabulous meat. And that's a whole nother meal. So you've got the bones off. You've got the spinalis off or the rib cap off. And now you have the center tube, the eye of the ribeye. And that that's of the 14 pounds. It's just under seven seven pounds. Wow, half. So it's half the weight. We've gotten rid of the bones. We've gotten rid of the fat, a little trim. We peeled the spinalis off, and now we're down to about half the original weight. But that is a tube of pure glory, and that is the one you cover with your spice rub. I make a little paste out of it, mix it with a little water or a little fat, rub, rub it up, and then you reverse sear it. You start it indirect, low and slow or on a smoker. Low and slow. Yep. Bring it up to about 120 on the internal temp. Pull it off, move it over to your grill or if it's on a grill move it over to the direct heat side and sear it, roll it, sear it, roll it, sear it, roll it. Leave the lid up on this sear process. You're not trying to cook the interior anymore. Just brown. You already cooked the interior, You're just You've cooked the interior, now you're cooking the exterior, you're crusting it up, you're browning it up, you're getting that Maillard reaction, and when you slice into that baby, it's going to be 130 degrees in the center, and it's going to be medium rare, edge to edge. You won't have this rainbow effect, which you often get on a prime rib, you often get (laughs) ha ha! There you, you got that. Yep. Uh, I just sent you that. You're good, man. I just sent him that five minutes before we went on air. I tried. That's one of my prime ribs. You can see Santa leering after it over there. There is often you see you get this beautiful dark brown crust, and then there's a thin layer of brown, and then there's a layer of tan, and then there's a layer of pink, and finally it's medium rare. In the center, about half the volume is medium rare. If you reverse here it, uh, what what uh, 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 Patio Daddio calls it uh, redneck sous vide yeah. um, You'll get that fabulous color um, and Show that to him again if you can um, If you didn't see that picture, that is just glorious Now, that particular picture, you can see the rib cap I left it on um, But uh, if I can, I pull it off Thing is, i got to feed about 20 So I leave the rib cap on but there's that thick layer of fat under there, which everybody hates. Well, so paid, when you're love, all done, whatever. you've gone from um, about $14, 15 bucks a pound <laughs> to about twenty-five bucks a pound. Yeah, right. But you have two more meals sitting there waiting for you.
1: Meathead from AmazingRibs.com joining me here on the show. Meathead, stand by just for a few minutes, and then we will go ahead and get into the tenderloin talk, which is something that I know you wanted to get into this evening. Uh, Maybe a couple gift suggestions. I don't want to do lightning round with you as well uh, again. Maybe a new lightning. Did we do lightning round last time? I forget. Yeah? All right. Uh, Let me talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Attention, folks, in the business of barbecue. Established in 1882, Southside Market and Barbecue, the oldest joint in Texas, and they have been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. They offer premium Central Texas barbecue products. Slow-smoked over real wood. Shipping, distributing, manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S. From food trucks to multi-chain restaurants, Southside Sausage can be on your menu, too. All meats are processed in the on-site USDA-inspected facility. A trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. Wholesale options available, shipping nationwide via FedEx. Food service distribution through Cisco U.S. Foods. And Martin Foods, some of the biggest names in that industry. Co-packaging capable from research and development to package completion. They can follow your recipe or they can help you develop something right from scratch. Private label opportunities available as well. Visit SouthsideMarket.com for more information. And while you're there, plopping in things in your cart, as you get ready to check out, use promo code BBQCENTRAL, all one word and lowercase, BBQ Central. That gets you 10% off all your online orders southsidemarket.com. That's southsidemarket.com. We're back with more Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Stick around. Be right back.
2: Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampy.
1: this portion of the show being brought to you by cookingpellets your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet driven cookers the traegers the green mountain grills the cook shacks you name it they can take cooking pellets visit CookinPellets.com to purchase or for more information and flavors you can also buy and visit amazon.com to purchase as well and we are talking with meathead from com. did we do the did we do lightning what? round last month meathead uh, briefly, but I yeah. got to. I
0: got to go back. Yeah. Southside Market. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, Elgin. Their Texas. sausages are fun. I've got great pictures of that. The, 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 where they make the sausages. Yeah, just miles and miles of sausage hanging, smoked, giant walk-in smokers, and it's really good. And of course, they are located in the place where, in fact, they may be where the term Texas hot guts originated. Yeah, they are. These are hot. They call them hot guts because they're in a natural casing of intestines. Don't worry, they're clean. There's no poop in there. Right. Um, and 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 they're just mostly beef. I, I don't. I think they're mostly beef in their in yep. their sausage. All beef. And just a lot of fun. And it's a cool place. It's just if you're down that way.
1: It's just another one of these great old Texas barbecue joints. Love that place. All right, so let's talk about Tenderloin and Chateaubriand, if I said that right.
0: Chateaubriand. Chateaubriand. Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Now, Tenderloin, we always want to qualify this. The difference between Tenderloin and loin. Yeah. Big difference. The prime rib is the loin muscle, and the loin muscle. You know we talk about gird your loins and people are talking about in their thighs right but that's not the loin muscle the loin muscle runs along your back it's the long tubular muscle on either side of your spine you got two of them that's the spinalis dorsi. it starts at your shoulder and runs to your hips and then on a steer same thing it starts in the in the chuck in the shoulder and runs all the way to the hips through the Prime rib, which goes to the end of the rib cage, and then uh, into the um, sirloin, um, which is below it, and uh, uh, it's a great muscle. The tenderloin lies inside the rib cage. Mm -hmm. The, the, The loin lies on top of the ribs. The tenderloin lies inside the rib cage, and it is the muscle on both the steer and the hog that gets the least amount of work. And people often mix them up. They'll say, "Well, I'm cooking a tenderloin, and it's ten pounds." No, if it's ten pounds, it's a loin, and it's it, it's it, it's a leaner, chewier muscle on a, on a hog. On a hog, it's it's very very tender. Um, similar to um, the steer. Um, on the steer, the tenderloin uh, can be six, seven, eight pounds, um, and it's a very tender muscle. And that's the muscle they make. Um, the uh, filet mignon from. Um, and everybody knows what a filet mignon is. Um, it, this thing looks kind of like a baseball bat. It's thin on one end where the handle of the bat might be, only it doesn't have that round handle. And it swells towards the other end where it's got kind of a knobby head.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And the center is pretty uniform in thickness. So if you want the Chateaubriand, um, which is... Often served in restaurants as Chateaubriand for two, although if you trim a tenderloin properly, you can feed three or four easily out of it. Again, depending on the size of the muscle and the size of the animal. Um, And it's about three or four inches thick, and if you trim off the fat knobby end and the thin, uh, one is called the head or, or the nose, and the other is called the tail, if you trim off the nose and tail... You've got this perfect tube right out of the center that's the Chateaubriand. Now, you can mm-hmm. cook that Chateaubriand as a roast, or you can slice it up into filets mignon. Yep. Um, but cooking it as a roast is really nice, and that's what I'm doing this year. I've been cooking um, uh, prime rib for the family every year. We go to my niece's house, and I've been doing a seven-bone prime rib, and it's always been enough to feed about 15, 16 adults, wow. and there are a bunch of little kids running around. Well guess what? Little buggers have grown up, and they want steak. I can't get away with giving them <laughs> burger or pasta anymore. Right. I've got they want they want in on the good stuff. So this year I've ordered three tenderloins. and what I'm going to do is I'm going to trim them down to a Chateaubriand. And Now, what a lot of restaurants will do is they'll take the taper end, and they'll fold it over, and they'll tie it up so you can essentially make that tube longer. Yeah, right. And they may take the knobby end and trim off some of the knob so you get longer still. I'll chop the knob off and set it aside, and I'll pound it flat with my fist Mm -hmm. and get about a a one-and-a-half-inch thick filet mignon steak and it's a pretty good sized steak I can slice it like I would a flank steak uh, never seen anybody else do that but me but it really works nicely the other end where it tapers off you can trim that off and you can get a couple of small fillets out of that um and uh the, the restaurants will also also serve that and they'll call it um uh tenderloin tips um and uh, it's it, very nice, very tender meat. But you don't want to cook it at the same time as the, uh, the, the Chateaubriand because it's skinnier and it'll overcook. Unless you've got somebody in the crowd who likes well done. I'll chop that up and I'll use it either for stir fry or for a stew meat. It's pretty expensive for stew meat. Um, but uh, you can use it for stir fry, stroganoff, boeuf bourguignon. Mm. Um, or you can grind it up for burgers. Along with some of the fat that you have left over from your prime rib or your brisket, um, so uh, there's also a very skinny, long, slender muscle that runs along the side of this called the chain. When you get when you get a tenderloin, it usually comes in a um, cryovac plastic bag, vacuum sealed. Yep. And you can cut that open, and it often smells funny. Those cryovac bags. They call it the cryovac stink. Yeah, um, there's a kind of a goofy smell inside there, and it aerates out. It usually aerates right out. Um, cut her open, um, dra- uh, drain off the juices, and start peeling off all the fat. And there's a good deal of silver skin on this, uh, on this baby. And silver skin is, um, uh, it shrinks. And when it shrinks, it'll curl the meat. So you've got to get mm. the silver skin off. You really need a sharp knife. I love using my fish fillet knife. Sure. I use a $19 Rapala fillet knife I buy at Walmart or wherever. And it's really wicked sharp and wicked thin and flexible. And it's great for getting um, um, silver skin off. And just trim it all off. Make it nice and um, clean. And then rub it up. And again... I like to reverse sear it, starting indirect, get it up to about 120, 125, Mm -hmm. move it over direct heat, lift the lid, roll it around until it's dark brown on all sides, and pull it off at 130, 135 at the most, and everybody gets a perfectly cut piece the same size, um, and uh, very tender, very juicy. It's not as fatty as your prime rib. It doesn't have as much marbling as prime rib. So it doesn't have the richness and thickness and lusciousness of a prime rib. I prefer prime rib, but um, a lot of people prefer tenderloin uh, because it's more tender.
1: Let's let me ask you one question: as, far as in regards to filet mignon,
2: uh,
1: overrated, right? kind of tasteless i mean certainly tender but geez i mean even to this day when i talk to people about what's your favorite cut of steak and people will always a lot of people continue to say filet and i'm like wow it it's it's overpriced it's flavorless it's certainly tender but i mean i can make a lot of things tender too i and obviously i'm not a fan but i mean there's better cuts taste is a matter of taste yes
0: um, but when there's wanna,
1: but when there's no I, taste, I, I, meathead, there's no taste. <laughs> I'm being politic here. <laughs> right. um, I really had to struggle
0: this year in switching from prime rib to tenderloin for yeah. those reasons. Yeah, I bet. Much yeah. prefer the prime rib. I much prefer the richness, the fattiness. There is taste. It's not as rich and tasty. Correct. It's very tender. Right. Um, and uh, I'm just what sometimes happens with tenderloin, especially if you get a cheap cut. Is it can have a slight undertone of a liver flavor, and mm. that I do not like um, uh, I write about what that what causes that on our website if you've encountered a liver flavor in your beef, I can explain it to you. I'm not going to get into it now, but it, I do explain it on our website um but um I think it's going to be a big hit this year, and i've got th- oh, yeah. I think I ordered four of them. Oof. Wow, and I don't know. How, I'm going to wait to see how they trim down after, because I don't know what, you know, when you order them, you don't know what size they're going to be when they come in, and if I have extra, I'll just freeze it, and uh, I th- I think everybody's going to be happy. It's a very. Now, if you really want to go to town, what you do with that tenderloin is you make duxelles, which is a um, a chopped mushroom. Um, uh, mash it's a, and you and you can coat this thing with Duxelles and then you wrap it in um, phyllo dough
1: mm-hmm.
0: and when you bake that you get um, beef Wellington. Oh, and beef Wellington often served a very rich wine sauce. Right, classic dish. The welling the the the, 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 the puff pastry. You know what puff pastry? How wonderful it is right. when it's cooked. It's almost like croissant. Um, and uh, and with the mushrooms uh, on the uh, filet, you get a lot of flavor from the mushrooms and the butter they're cooked in. So that's another way to finesse them. It's a pretty elaborate process, but you can go that route if you want.
1: All right, so if you have any questions about uh, tenderloins or the Chateaubriand that we talked about, go to AmazingRibs.com. Obviously, a lot of things that you can search and find information-wise there Uh, We are coming quickly to the uh, crescendo of gift holidays, which is Christmas. (laughs) So let me ask you uh, two separate questions. What do you want for barbecue Christmas this year, and what would you recommend if somebody's asking Meathead, what should I buy by Live Fire Lover this year? Gosh, I'm
0: full of advice for everybody what you should buy. Nobody has ever asked me what
1: I want. And I know, like, you and I are kind of in similarly unique positions where we probably have a lot of stuff that maybe a lot of people want. Everything I need. Yeah. But, you know, like, for me, I want a Grillworks setup from uh, Grillworks Ben because it's Uh, like the uh, ultimate live fire outdoor thing that, you know, if I want to complete me feeling like a man, that's, you know, that's definitely what I want. I'd like to have one of those, too. Um,
0: I don't think you can get me anything that I want. I got everything that I want. It's a business expense. If I see something interesting, I spend it. You know, I, I've got everything I want. But I think it's always, if you're buying for somebody else or if you're trying to decide what you want and you want to leave a hint for Santa, yep. I mean, you can never go wrong by requesting a great thermometer. Right. Unless you have a great thermometer already, there's a bunch of really great... Um, uh, if you're a charcoal or a live fire uh, uh, log b- pit burner, um, uh, you can't go wrong with barbecue gurus. But they've they've got a ten percent sale on our fifteen um, percent off to members of our Pitmaster Club, ten percent off on a, on my Facebook page um, to for their their, their new cyberq um cloud yep. product which is pretty cool yeah um, there are some other products like that which really help you control your temperature um so you can set it and forget it uh, a great instant read thermometer um you can't go wrong with one of those i like i like gloves um these chamois yeah. gloves
1: yeah.
0: and i and, and, and i'll pick up my turkey with the leather glove and then i come inside and wash my hands and eventually it gets pretty grody and i need a new set so You can never go wrong with a nice pair of those leather welder's gloves. Um, What else? Um, I I like to start my fire with those uh, little paraffin charcoal uh, starters. Little Weber Weber cubes, yeah. Yeah, not a very expensive gift, a stocking stuffer, but a box of those is always a nice thing to have on hand.
1: I just thought of something I know I could get you that you you would want that you don't have. What if I found somebody that could write that book for you? (laughs) Like that, oh. About that.
0: Um, You know, all right, uh, you keep talking. I want to read you something.
1: Okay. Uh, go ahead.
0: Take me a minute to find it.
1: Right. Well, I was going to just set up a, a quick lightning round again yeah. with you because it's fun. So, uh, do you want to do that first before you read me something? Or do you have uh, it I'll up and you, you're I, ready to go? I
0: was reading... I have actually changed my life a little bit. And one of the things I've learned to do is to read for pleasure now. Oh, I, I never... You know, I always read business and cookbooks and stuff like that. And I've been reading um, novels uh, for about five years now. I read quite a lot of them. And I've lately I've been going back and reading some of the classics. and um, Like Catcher in the Rye? I just finished Garden of Eden. Oh, my favorite. I mean, East of Eden. East of Eden by John Steinbeck. Just finished it last night, Garden of Eden. And about a month ago I finished Huck Finn by Mark Twain. And the last paragraph hmm. of Huck Finn yes. reads as follows. Tom's most well now and got his bullet around his neck on a watch guard for a watch and is always seeing what time it is, so there ain't nothing more to write about, and I'm rotten glad of it because if I'd have knowed what a trouble it was to make a book, I wouldn't have tackled it and I ain't going to do it no more. Where the hell was this guy, Mark Twain, when I started writing a book? Right, no doubt. <laughs> if well. I'd known what trouble it was, I ain't going to do it well, no I'm more. I'm not
1: going to let you go through that thing uh, as as we talk about book number three, uh, five, six, seven years from now. You can oh, believe Christ. that. So, uh, I
0: don't know how Steve Raikland does it. Well, he, uh, or, or, or Dr. Barbecue. You're right. We, well,
1: we don't have enough time to talk about why, but maybe next month we can talk about why you got pulled into this and i know why those other guys like to do it so uh meathead from amazingribs.com all right uh quick uh quick lightning round meathead whatever you want Chief. hold on here we go let me get the music going okay lightning round i'm gonna ask you a question you just right off the top of your head and don't say both that's so lame all right uh ina gartner giada de Laurentiis. Oh, Giada! (laughs) Uh, Pellet? Oh, by the way, Meathead, that is the wrong answer. Mm, Nah. Absolutely Uh, the wrong answer. Uh, Pellet or offset?
0: Well, what am I asking? What do I want from her? I
1: I, I don't. don't. Pellet or offset? Uh, I have both. Yes. Um, It's not that hard. Meathead, come on! You're like uh, Stephen uh, yeah, go A good offset. Brisket or beef ribs? Oh, beef ribs. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Sweet or savory? Savory. Jack Nicholas or Tiger Woods? Nicholas, because he's a phi gamma delta, and so am I. Nicholas is the biggest asshole on the face of the earth. I'm going to oh, tell you that right now.
0: Well, maybe I am. Too. <laughs> uh, money
1: or fame?
0: I have fame, I need money <laughs> uh,
1: The truth or another's feelings The truth or what? Another's feelings Another what? Another's feelings Taking into account somebody else's feelings The truth or oh, somebody the else truth else's the truth
0: or account. another's feelings yeah. Oh, I have a technique I mean, I, I, I have to find out what their feelings really are Before I decide whether to tell them the truth so I'll 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 will divert to their
1: feelings. All right. Uh and finally open pit or sweet baby race. <laughs> sweet baby race, cause Dave Raymond's a bless. All right. Well there you go. That's Meathead, AmazingRibs.com, doing the lightning round, trying his best. He got Giada wrong and he got Jack Nicholas wrong. I'll share that Jack <laughs> Nicholas story with you, by the way, why, off air.
0: But. Why would you not choose Jada?
1: Because yeah. Ina Garten is like the biggest catch on the face of the earth. We'll, we'll argue that again at, a at another cook. time.
0: There's no doubt. She's yeah. probably a better cook than
1: Jada. Uh, I'm telling you, there's, there's none of it. It's not even up for it's kind of a, my trick question to the world. But nevertheless. So here's Meathead Goldwyn. Uh, sorry, Meathead, amazingribs.com. Uh, Meathead, have a great holiday if I don't talk to you in between, and we will see you in 2019. And to all the Centralites, happy holidays,
0: happy new year, and uh, if I don't see you till 2019, we'll see you then. There he is
1: Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. How about that? There's Meathead right
2: there. All guests appear via the Traeger Grills hotline. Mm-mm-mm. Yummy.
1: All right. Let me talk to you quickly about the barbecue guru. They believe outdoor cooking should be simple and fun because it can be. Monolith is the world's first temperature controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. That means smarter temperature control, greater freedom with automatic pit temperature control. Easily choose the cooking time, temperature, and let the Monolith do the work of a sous-chef or barbecue pit master. With minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill, and you can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time, visit bbqguru.com or call them 800 288 Guru. We're back to wrap the first hour. Stick around, be right back.
2: Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Wow. I and mean, who would have thought that?
1: lightning rounds would cause such consternation and thought. I mean, just whatever's on the top of your head, it's fun. You take too long, and it becomes long in the tooth. Anyway, we thank Meathead for joining us the second Tuesday of every month. If you missed the Prime Rip Talk, go back and get that. Also, circle back for the Tenderloin and Chateaubriand. And the lightning round, which ended up being fun. I mean, if you're a fan of the show, you know, Ina, I heart Ina, right, John? All right, we will be back right after this for the second hour. You're listening watching Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio network.